When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket and the first day of cricket. Cricket's back. The umpires were able to say, play although probably not till after lunch because of the inevitable rain. In fact, before we even start this conversation, Simon, I'm just going to replay something that you said on June the 3rd. And of course, you know what's going to happen. We've had this amazing weather, dry weather. The fields near me are biscuit brown already, and it's the start of June. As soon as they put some stumps in the ground, come July the 8th, England against West in his first test of the GS Bowl. If it does go ahead, and fingers crossed it will, you know what's going to happen, don't you? You've gone from being a total pessimist to, to a complete realist. Well, that's what I tried to tell you at the time, Yoz. I mean, this is the English summer. Whenever they put stumps in the ground, of course it's going to rain. It was the most inevitable thing I, I could ever, you know, you could ever think of, really. Two months of glorious weather in April and May and cricketers looking enviously out the window and thinking, oh, I really want to be playing and cricket supporters wanting to watch cricket. And then we get to the 8th of July, high summer and a really miserable, dank sort of day in Southampton. Having said that, Yoz, I think we could have played a bit more today than we have done. 17.4 overs. It's barely rained. There's been mizzle in the sky at times. Bad light was the issue later on in the day. Do you know, I think if this were a 50-over match, we might well have played throughout the whole day. And there's, you know, there's a difference between... It's, there seems to be a difference between a 50-over match and a, and a test match. There's an obvious difference, of course. But sometimes you think, come on, we need to, to get on with the game. And it was, it was just a hugely frustrating day today. I think for all sorts of reasons, not least, of course, because there had been so little cricket for so long. And then we get to it and, you know, could we have played more? I think we probably could have done, you know. Now, I'm trying to bring you some sunshine here with my backdrop. We're on video as well as on the, on the podcast. Uh, you can go to YouTube and see the video if you type in YouTube stroke the analyst. Uh, but in fact, I suppose it's, it is just frustrating, isn't it? Because there seems to be different rules for 
white ball cricket, which kind of almost goes on in any weather, and red ball cricket where, I don't know, the, there's so much at stake and the red ball kind of just behaves that bit more um, mysteriously and, and it, you know, I don't know. It, also, actually, to, to be slightly sympathetic to the umpires, I mean, Alistair Cook was one of the first who, two or three years ago, said, when you try and see the red ball under floodlights when it's a bit dark... It's really difficult to see, whereas the pink ball or the white ball under floodlights is much better. And it, uh, it's one of those kind of ridiculous anomalies about cricket that the trouble is the red ball behaves so much more fiendishly under floodlights, usually on a cloudy, rainy sort of day, because that's why they're using the floodlights, which just makes the ball kind of nip around, zip around like a sort of, you know, irritated snake. And white ball doesn't really do anything, so you can get away with it playing under lights. Well, I wonder whether in 20 or 30 years' time they'll look back on you know, bad light, red ball, test match cricket and say, well, why is it simple? Why didn't they just change it for a pink ball? We play pink ball day-night test matches. You know, why, in a situation like this, couldn't you just use a pink ball? There are so many variables in cricket, it seems to me. You know, if you have, as an opening batsman, if you turn up on a sunny day, Great, quid your quids in. But other days you're going to turn up and it's it's humid, it's overcast, perfect bowling conditions. Or you turn up some days you get a flat pitch. You turn up other days, and the pitch is green. Or if you happen to bat last on a spinning pitch, you know it's sort of tough luck. Or a pitch that goes up and down, it's sort of tough luck. No one ever says, oh, you know, a team won the match because they won the toss and you know got a decent score in the first innings and it was just tough. You had to bat last on the on the last day when the ball was sort of going underground. It, it's sort of just part of it's, it seems an accepted part of cricket. So why couldn't another accepted part of cricket be that you substitute the ball so that you actually play? So we play with a pink ball. Sorry, if the light's not good enough, right, we'll find a pink ball that's 17.4 overs old and we'll play with that. And then if the light's good enough, we'll go back to the red ball. I know it sounds convoluted, but surely cricket is about playing and it's, you know, it, it, it's in a competitive market. We need to play as much as we possibly can. Anyway, it's a left field thought. Not everyone I know will agree with me, but I, I just wonder whether in a few years' time everyone just say, "Well, you know, look, look what they did back then, where they just, you know, mm. they they play with a play with a red ball, and when the lights got too bad, they just they just went off, and now we just we just play on." Mm. Or they issue those um, light enhancer glasses to anyone. You know, the, Ian Healy used to wear them, didn't he, when it was a darkish day in, in England or probably under floodlights sometimes as well. Or they could issue those little strips that Shivnarine Chandapur used to put under his eyes or something. I mean, they've got to get the game on. It's absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, look, we've had hardly any play and yet lots of interesting talking points, in fact. Firstly, just tell us a little bit about... There you are in the biosecure bubble. Tell us your day, you know, from start to finish. You got up, your bedroom was probably... 100 yards from the middle, which is a, probably a first ever. So give us a little sort of your diary of the day from then on. Well, I was woken up at a quarter to eight this morning, which actually is quite late for me. I was woken up by uh, Jonathan Agnew doing a cricket broadcast on the balcony just down from my room for BBC Breakfast, BBC Television. I wonder what well, nurse that is, this voice booming out. I'd actually woken up about five o'clock in the morning and, and read for a bit and then fell asleep again. So I was actually quite grateful for his sort of alarm clock, really, waking me up 
at a quarter to so eight. So we could have seen you on breakfast in your nightshirt. <laughs> well, I just peered my head out the window, just away to my left-hand oh, side here. Just, and, and I can see the pitch from, from here. I mean, I could actually commentate from my bedroom if I, if I wanted to, uh, or if the technology allowed me to do. But they're quite very, obviously very strict regulations about the technology and where we're allowed to broadcast from. And then uh, once you had breakfast... What you have to do is you have to go outside of the hotel and you have to come back in again. So you have to go through a, a tent, which takes your temperature, and then you have your your medical passport scanned and you have to fill that in every day to say that you you know you haven't had any symptoms and you haven't been in contact with anyone who's had any symptoms for the last seven days. So that is scanned in. And then they give you a little wristband, which you put onto your accreditation. Uh, here it is here. Those people watching uh, on YouTube, there is. There's my, there's my accreditation for yesterday and there's my little wristband for uh, today. And then once that happens, you're good to go. And then you go to the commentary box and it's set up with the, the commentator and the scorer and the summariser, and we're all at least two metres apart. We have our own headphones, which we have to plug in every time uh, we do a commentary spell and then take out again. And we're supposed to um, sort of wash down the surface in front of us every time we, we start to commentate as well. So, you know, quite... It's just as well, just as well we haven't got Roy Hattersley commentating, isn't it? Imagine that. <laughs> just the, the microphones would be absolutely showered with, well, with that's, spittle. That, that's, why you have your own, that's why you have your own headset to, 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 to stop that happening. And then breakfast, I should say breakfast or evening meal as well. We're in a, a sort of quite a large dining area and it's a, not it's not a buffet but you you queue up to get your your food two meters apart from everyone and then you sit down and then each little table is at least two meters away from everyone so you can you know you, you're almost on your own but you you can have a sort of conversation across the across the way with the next person but you know it is it is very different and of course the, the cricket itself in this sort of vast bowl of a stadium what, what big open stadium here at, at Southampton it, it it you know it's odd no no spectators in um, the commentary on the radio that just a, there's a little hum underneath it just to give a little bit of atmosphere to the commentators to give you something to to work with so, so that's, add the, that, that's known as the lord's hum isn't it yeah yeah so add that on so it's really like that sort of little buzz just before play starts or during the morning session at lord's basically when everyone's just waking up yeah that lovely that lovely sort of morning hum that goes that, that goes around the ground and and, and so you add that on to a day like today where you you know there was not much play but you felt there should have been more play and then that was a frustra- you know that was the frustrating thing it, it, because there was so little rain it was it, it was so frustrating for everyone and you know that's cricket you know we we've been here before with with cricket and it's fantastic game when the sun is shining and when players are doing magnificent uh, deeds but on a day like today where they couldn't do very much, and the game has not really taken its course. You know, it, it's desperately frustrating, especially as, the, as if the, the world was watching as well. The world's watching on today. You got a sense that people were you know, all around the cricketing world. People were waiting for today to happen, um, and very little did. I mean, the good news is that the forecast is not too bad for the rest of the match. Before play started, that's probably why a lot of the people around the world were watching. Uh, because, you know, there was a slightly sort of bizarre 
situation with Ben Stokes doing the toss uh, with no uh, interviewer, obviously, because he was being interviewed by a robot. Uh, the match referee was there with Jason Holder and the, the coin sort of seemed to vanish quite a long way away. And then Stokes wasn't quite sure where to go, having won the toss. But anyway, he talked to this robot, which was uh, had the voice of Ian Ward coming out of it. Um, and then uh, after that, um, there was this sort of rather strange uh, parade where they all circled round the pitch, the players and officials, for a minute's silence. And then they did this sort of thing where some of the players on the field and some off the field all did this taking the knee. I bet you've never seen that before. Well, it was, it was taking a knee and, and all the players did it, actually. All the, all the players on the ground did it. The, the two umpires, the two England batsmen and the 11 West Indians out in the field all did it. And, and all the, uh, the rest of the teams and the backup staff on the boundary edge, you might not have been able to see that on television, they all took a knee as mm. well. Was, Commentators? Um, I don't. I don't know. I can't speak for for everyone. We were, we were watching. I suppose it'd be the... difficult if you if you knelt down, you wouldn't be able to to commentate, would you? Because you'd be away from your microphone. So it, it was a it was a you know it was a poignant moment after everything that's happened in the last uh, few months to to see that happening. So yeah, there was a lot went on before the game. In a way, a lot more went on before the game than actually went on when the the cricket took place. Yeah, I mean, uh, the minute silence for. Everyone who died during COVID, um, people affected by it. And then a silence as well for Sir Everton Weeks, who died last week. Mm. Great West Indian batsman mm. who died last week at the age of 95. And then when, once the players came back onto the field, ju- just about to start, all 13 players and the two umpires on the field uh, took a knee. Yeah, it was actually Rory Burns took a position as if he was about to sweep the ball, didn't he? Actually, it was it, it was almost a cricketing pose, in fact, which was quite appropriate in a way. And actually, all that sort of went on before the game meant the game itself, especially with the truncated days play, was a bit of an anticlimax. Yeah, well, it, it was, wasn't it? I mean, the big build-up. I, I think I think we sensed, you know, even when we started at two o'clock, that we were going to be lucky to get the, the seventy overs that were. Scheduled in the play that we did see, Dominic Sibley bowled by Shannon Gabriel going wide of the crease, just 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 came back in a fraction. Obviously, as an opening batsman, you're looking to leave as much as possible. But as we all know, there are only two leaves in cricket: one that doesn't get you out, and one that does get you out. You know, good leave and a bad leave, and that was it was a bad leave. And it, I suppose, when you haven't played that much cricket for so long. Then mm. an incident like that is it, it feels more excusable. You, we we talked um, recently on the podcast, looking back at the 1984 match between England and West Indies, when Mike Gatting left yeah, the ball yeah. twice and was at LBW twice playing no shot. Well, Dominic Sibley did that today, but in a, in a way, it felt more more forgivable if that's the, if that's the mm. right phrase. You know, more understandable mm. if you're not quite in rhythm as a an opening batsman. Um, and that was the, uh, you know, that was the big moment of the day, I suppose. And then England sort of battled through, really, um, as as they've tried to do at the top of the order, haven't they? That's that's their plan. I mean, the conditions weren't gr- uh, easy for batting, with the over- overhead conditions, and you know they've tried to dig in and, and wear down the opening bowlers. That's that's their their way of operating these days. I think uh, it was a stat today that this is the most inexperienced English top four since 1989 when Michael Atherton made his debut. 
so forgivable that you know one or two mistakes were made. But actually, I thought Rory Burns was really impressive. I mean, he looks very compact. And we've all got used to his rather crab-like method. And he knows his game and he knows his strengths and his weaknesses. And he left the ball really well and tucked it away off his pads, a bit like Alex Alex Cook has done for 12,000 test runs. And uh, so he was impressive. Uh, I'm a bit worried about Sibley because I just looked at his dismissal and I looked at his method. And when he starts uh, standing at the crease, his left foot is sort of almost, not quite, on the return crease, but it is almost, it's a very, very open stance. And then that left foot has got to come a long way across to, to cover the ball and off stump. So there's a lot of movement going on there and moving it across rather than upwards and downwards. You know, Ted Dexter always talked about, uh, the great Ted Dexter always talked about batting was like being in a bath where you go up and down rather than sideways like a crab. So I'm a little bit worried about Sibley's method there, but anyway, you know, he's, he's made runs at test level, so I suppose he knows what he's doing. Um, you mentioned all of, all about the, the knee, taking the knee and uh, the Everton Weeks uh, minute silence. We spent the day, actually, today putting the Cricketer magazine to bed for the next issue, and it's all about... Black Lives Matter, and uh, we've had uh, lots of people, you know, on from the round table consulting to a very interesting piece by Dean Wilson, the Daily Mirror cricket correspondent who has Jamaican uh, background, and a, a, a very nice piece actually by Derek Pringle about Everton Weeks uh, and his life. So uh, we were just debating today. We wanted to put a picture, a live picture of Jofra Archer bowling on the cover because today it goes to press. And damn it, England batted first. And of course, Archer didn't bowl. So we had to use a a slightly older picture. But it's going to be a really impressive issue, actually, which today's play just sort of echoed, really. Yeah, just on uh, Archer playing in this match, of course, what that means is, you know, he's back in the side. Stuart Broad, as you predicted on Sunday in our preview, left out. And Mark Wood given an opportunity. I mean, quite exciting, really. You know, Wood and Archer mm. playing in a test yeah. match for England for the first time. Looking forward to seeing how that works out uh, later in the game. Wood, of course, who was you know bowled extremely quickly in his last test match at the Wanderers and bowled extremely quickly against West Indies on the on the last tour as well in the in the final test match of that series. Interesting to see how they get on. The pitch today actually, it looked as if it had a bit of variable bounce in it. I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's very early days. And one or two kept low and one or two bounced a bit. So mm. that, you know, that, that could be an issue. It's interesting that England decided to bat first. It, it, you know, it felt like a bowling day and West Indies seemed perfectly happy to, to bowl first. But the, the feeling was those who played here that it, it is a bat first surface and it, mm. they, it will spin. And it's, you know, it's dry, it will spin. Who knows? It might go up and down a bit by Sunday if we, if we get to Sunday. So, mm. in a way, quite a, it felt like quite a brave decision from England, but also a very logical decision from England to, to bat first. But that feeling that it's going to be, whatever it looks like, it's still going to be harder in the fourth innings than it is in the first innings, even though it did look quite tough at times in the, you know, today. Yeah, and and if you see that uneven bounce, you can generally expect that to get worse. I think uh, as the pitch hardens up, there's um, areas unevenness will probably get a little bit more uh, sort of coarse, and then therefore your unevenness is exacerbated. So it could. Let, I think I well, both sides pack the seam as spin isn't going to play a, a massive role, but actually Moen 
Moen took wickets here uh, in Southampton a few couple of years ago, didn't he? So, you know, it could well do plenty for all the bowlers actually towards the end of the game. Yeah, well, wait and see. Um, we haven't seen enough cricket so far to to know how no. it's going to progress. But yeah, that I think that is the feeling. The England feel the pitch is dry. Uh, West Indies were happy to bowl. Uh, you know, they obviously wanted more play today than they got because you want to exploit the the conditions that are in your favour. Although there's a suggestion that the weather tomorrow could also be overcast, which you know suggests another decent enough bowling day for West Indies to exploit a bit of rain around in the morning and then drying out, but but overcast. Mm. And let's hope that the light is okay tomorrow. We can get on and play. Of course, the problem is the umpires have taken a, a light metre reading now and they have to go by that for the for the rest of the match. It would be interesting, actually, if there had been spectators here today. You know, if there had been 10,000, 15,000 people here today, what their reaction would have been to the to the lack of play, whether they would have been, you know, there would have been some slow hand clapping. and I'm sure there would. You should have added that in as, a, as an underlay. Um, but so, so what was it like actually commentating with no crowd? How, how was the feeling there in the, in the commentary box? Well, we, we've got the, um, that little burr under, you know, underneath the, the commentary. So there's, there's that to play with. But I've commentated in the UAE, for example, at you know, Abu Dhabi and Dubai and Sharjah. And I remember, I think the Dubai Test match, it's sort of enclosed, it's sort of enclosed stadium there, was the Abu Dhabi game. Is, Abu Dhabi Stadium is much more open, so you get extraneous noises. In Dubai, sort of barely any noise and only you know, very few spectators there on some of the days play. I remember uh, Adi Rashid being dismissed, the last wicket to fall late on and quite a dramatic finish to the game. And, you know, there was no real atmosphere in the ground at all. But it... it so. It didn't feel that bad. So, so you, I'm used to it in a way. So it, it didn't feel um, totally alien because we have been at games and commentating at games before where there has been uh, little or, or no crowd. Um, but of course, you know, you, you use the crowd to, to commentate. Mm. You, know, you use them as yeah, a backdrop yeah. to commentate. So yeah, it, it is a bit of a challenge. But I, I suppose the, the answer is there wasn't really enough play today to, to really find out you know what it's going to be like what, what would be interesting of course if the game gets really tight later on say you know it say it's 50 to win and three wickets left you know that real sort of tension what it, what it will feel like then whether you is that still that same feeling in the in the commentary box those are the sort of restrictions it, 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 it's very different but at least we've got cricket back of sorts well said and we'll have it tomorrow so we'll join you then thanks for listening Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.